Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. As an exec working in a fast-moving and complicated business, how do you communicate complex ideas to influence your stakeholders? Let's face it, most advice on this topic turns out to be useless. Keep it short, improve your writing, be more strategic. What do you do with that? In almost every executive team I've reviewed that I've done, I've noticed that executive communication to and within the team is one of the top obstacles. So what can we do about that? Well, that's what we're here to talk about today in the first episode of season five of the Impact Multiplier CEO podcast, which is called From Ideas to Impact. And in this season, we're going to uh, offer some different perspectives around communicating complex ideas. Uh, I'm Richard Medcalf, founder of X Quadrant, and uh, today and in this season, we're going to flip the tables and I'm going to interview Davina, Davina Stanley from the Clarity First program, who, as you probably know from previous seasons, is an expert in communication. So we're going to find out what she has to say about this uh, really fascinating topic of communicating with impact. Hi, Dav. Good to see you again. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm, I'm well. Um, That's Good. Yeah. Is it sunny and shiny there in Paris? It can't be. It must be winter. No, it's it's kind of winter here. It's getting a little bit. There's a bit of spring, just suggesting it might come through. So, um, but yeah, the main problem today is like we have no water in the house. We're having our water meter changed, and so if, if, if there's suddenly any um, flooding or um, panic screams from anybody, and I have to stop the podcast, then everybody will know why a little bit of drama built in here, a little bit of tension into the system bit of tension in the system. No, there's, that's a very fine thing to be mindful of, isn't it? So we'll, I guess our seasons are turning too, but um, we're losing our sunshine here in Sydney and we are obsessed with weather in Sydney because it is so often so good. Yeah. But um, we have had lots of rain, so water must be the theme for today, I think. Yeah, lots well. And lots of rain. We do, I do, we do play a game with our relatives in Australia to... Um, you know, to find out when the seasons are turning and when we can start to boast that we now have summer and so forth. <laughs> so, Enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Even though winter oh, is probably well. as good as our summer, so never mind. Um, oh, never well, mind, never mind. Well, there's lots to be loved about Paris anyway, so I think we can we can compete all along, but we don't need to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so let's just jump in. Sorry. What do you want to, what, you know, what's the idea really behind this season? What do you want to share with people? Well, I'd love to give some ideas about how to think differently about your communication, actually. I think, like Richard said, a lot of advice that people get is very generic and um, and quite unhelpful. And so when, when somebody reviews a document or, and we'll focus perhaps on documents for the moment, although the principles that I'll be talking about during the series apply to any kind of communication, whether they're emails or papers or PowerPoints or preparing for a meeting, you know, so if we say document, I guess I'm, I'm thinking a very broad church right. of, of communication. Um, but, you know, 
looking at the thinking that sits underneath the communication is, is really powerful. And I think it's very hard for people when they're giving you feedback on communication to actually dive into that level. Mm. They're, they're much more inclined to sit at the surface and look at the things that they can see that are wrong. That's, and, that reminds me, um, so I just interrupt, but that reminds me of Dilbert, you know, the cartoon Dilbert and um, the great cartoon where Dilbert um, um, explained that, you know, he always added spelling mistakes into his presentations because yes. that gave his boss something to correct. <laughs> yes, yes. On on my program, I had somebody offer a similar suggestion. She actually would leave like bullet points and suggestions in that were just a bit wobbly that she yeah. thought it's no real disaster if they're left in, but it's better if they're taken out just so that they yeah. could actually uh, use it. I'm going to hunt for that Dilbert cartoon. I love Dilbert cartoons. I use them a lot. Yeah, and and and, and, the, and the other thing, and the and the other thing that this reminds me of is when I was in consulting and I was working with, you know, it was a pretty expensive project really for this, well, an important topic, right? It was like a market entry strategy, and we were doing the final presentation with the stakeholder, where we were just preparing for the board presentation, and so we were going over the presentation, and at one point, literally, I was grouping a load of objects on PowerPoint as he told me to like left a bit, left a bit, up a bit. No, 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 down a bit. No, there. And that was what we were doing for the entire presentation. Yes. I mean, and I was like, don't you want to actually like look at the numbers that <laughs> we'd spent <laughs> two weeks building? Um, but no, he was, all he wanted to do was center some objects, which were like one millimeter off at center. So I totally yeah, get it. You know, that can that be we'd... very, very irritating, can't it? Like typos <laughs> and those little little alignment questions can be really irritating and very distracting, but um, they're not the, the substance of the message. And no. look, you know, in, in coming weeks, I'll talk about some of the different approaches that some of my clients take to that, that challenge. You know, there's some very polar polarized views, actually, in different organizations, very different cultures mm. that say, well, you know, you must obsess or you mustn't obsess or this is what you must obsess on and you must not obsess right. on that. So I think that there's some really valid, valid things to think about and just make decisions about. So you're all all in agreement around that that sort of thing but um, look today I thought I'd dive in and and look at you know three things that people might not consider to be about communication even and um, one of those is about you know some common traps first of all that people fall into but then uh, look at how our brains work because that's actually a big part of understanding what what happens when we're preparing communication but also when people are reviewing or receiving our communication yeah, and then then finally, I've got one tip for them, which I'll, I'll hold off until the end as, oh, um, as to what I think they they might be able to think about and, and do even. So um, okay. perhaps so I should begin. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Three points. I love three points. Yeah. So yeah, what's, what's uh, point number yes. one? Where, where are we going to go? Where are we going to start? I think let, let's have a look at what not to do. So some common traps that people fall into. I think would be mm -hmm. a good place to start. And I think they're important because they don't do justice to you or the information that you want to convey. And the very common thing I see people doing is, is sharing the journey that they've been on to come up with their insight. So mm -hmm. they put all their data up front or rather, you know, I, I did this and then I did that and then I did this and then I did that. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're forcing their audience. You've seen it. Yeah. Oh, I see it. Yeah, so I'll see it all the time. Especially, I mean, often finance professionals are great at this because they they present all the numbers, and then the insight is on page ten, and all the senior stakeholders have flipped forward to page ten and are going, "Come, can we just skip to page ten, please?" You know, and suddenly they're on the back foot, and then they've lost control. And it's horrible. It's such a horrible feeling um, to have lost control like that. And so, you know, I guess that's that's one thing to do. But uh, 
one of the problems, I guess, is that, is that sharing that journey. Um, another one is to offer what I call the, the nervous parade of knowledge. And this is where somebody's not sure why they're communicating. It could be because they're junior or they're new in their role, or it could be, frankly, they just haven't been given a brief. Mm. And so they just think, well, I'll just put everything I know about this subject <laughs> into the communication. Some people call it a kitchen sink communication where everything but the mm. kitchen sink goes in. I don't know yeah. um, if outside Australia that's a yeah, term. That's- that's, that's familiar. A term. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah, we have we have sinks yep. here too. Yeah, and this is fine. You have sinks and you track everything in <laughs> we them. We track everything yes. in them as well. Exactly. Yeah, and so that that's you know very comforting to the author because they think, well, at least this way I can't be pulled apart for being wrong. I really can't be wrong, um, but it's useless for the audience because you know how do you wade through all of that to find what really matters? So yeah. it becomes very very difficult. And again, you know the the communicator gets put on the back foot and gets some fairly harsh feedback often which is Absolutely. you know really really uncomfortable um and the final one is is a, a stream of consciousness and this is what happens when um, people are just in a hurry or they're just you know blurting things out and think oh you know quickly get it all down and then send you know email is the classic case for the the, the stream of consciousness although i do unfortunately see it in in other places as well where it's some sort of meandering journey through the thinking process yes. as you come to terms with what your insight might be. And then, oh, there it is. There's the idea. That's the answer. And because it's clear to them, you know, at the mm. end of their writing yeah. journey, they think, well, gosh, there it is. That's the answer. So therefore it'll be clear to everybody else as well. Yeah. But they're not going to have a hope of following your thread because you've done your analysis, you know, your topic, you know, you're mm-hmm. weaving in and out and jumping from thing to thing. So that becomes a very, very big challenge too. So it's, I think they're the three biggest, biggest challenges I see or problems. Yeah, no, I like that. You know, not sharing the journey, the nervous parade of knowledge and the stream of consciousness. I definitely see, I think all of those. And the, uh, that reminds me of that quote. I can't remember who said it. It's the one about, you know, um, you know, dear auntie, sorry, I, yeah, sorry, this is such a long letter. I didn't have time to write you a short one. Yes, um, yes, and, it's attributed yeah. to all sorts of people, Mark Twain and Blaise Pascal yeah. and so on. We think it's Blaise Pascal. At least my business partner, Jared, is quite convinced it's him from the I thought, 1600s. I thought everything you was know. Winston Churchill. I thought he had everything. I thought he got all he the does. Or if and it's Mark, not him, Mark it's Twain Einstein. gets it. Yeah, yeah. If, it, if not, it's Einstein. There we go. But, <laughs> but um, you know what? It's true, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. It is true. And I think it, it's almost because if, if you haven't mastered it as a skill, then it does take a long time, a lot more time, and therefore people don't do it. But it's again, it's leaning yes. into that um, development, right? If you nail this skill, then it does become quicker. And actually, everything gets quicker because you don't have to build a 100 page presentation to deliver your three key points anymore. That's right. And look, I do see clients. One of my favorites is actually a, a data analyst from a bank. And he he was working with me for what, not very long, actually. Then he sat down to present a business case and he had 50 pages drafted. And he had a look at it mm. and he thought, well, actually, I don't think I need all of that. Maybe if I build the storyline, I can do it in less. And we typically see people cut their communication in half, but he mm. cut it down to two pages. He went from 50, yeah. five, zero to two. And yeah. he got his approval in, in a heartbeat as well, yeah. which was, you know, he was yeah. just gobsmacked. He didn't think that was possible because, yeah. you know, he just focused on on what the audience needs. And I guess, you know, to think about the, you know, think about how the brain works, you know, he was really focused on, well, my audience needs not to burn their calories. It's me that mm. needs to burn the calories and, and do do, do the work. thinking. And 
Perfect. Becomes becomes a little bit primal actually because when I didn't know this until a little while ago, but the brain is two percent of our weight, you know, body mass on average, mm. and yet it burns twenty percent of our calories. So there's a, a pretty big disconnect between those two. Mm. So uh, our biology is is pretty keen to keep us limiting the amount of calories we're burning with our brain because it mm. thinks it's not big enough to justify right. that you know, that calorie use. So whenever we mm. think something doesn't matter so much, as soon as, you know, you think what happens when you open an email and you look at it and you think, oh gosh, this is dense. This is a wonder. You know, I'm going to have to work really hard to think about this. You look at who it's from yeah. and you think, okay, do they justify me investing a lot to right. read this email or paper or PowerPoint or yeah. the same principle applies? And, you know, if, if there's not any great burning need, mm. be it, you know, the CEO is sending the email, so of course I'm going to read it, yeah. you know, or yeah. I know this is from someone that's got something really important to say that I need to know, it, we just switch off and we, we flag it for later, we park it for later. But even, but even if it's the CEO sending the message, actually, if it's not clear, the number of times people misread something. I mean, a client of mine was just doing a form, you know, literally yesterday in, in my coaching hub. And it's a very simple little form just to help them digest and think about something. There was a one-line instruction that was super clear and they misinterpreted it. I mean, it was super clear, the instruction. So like, even when it is one line and it is actually very simple, people can easily misread it. And therefore, how much more when you're sending really critical strategy, vision, communications, do you need to be super, super aware of making super it easy aware. for people to go Yes, in? yes. And I use a little framework there to help people think about how much they should invest mm -hmm. in a piece of communication. And I think about it in terms of impact, which was the, the lever that you were talking about just there, but then also um, about the, num the distribution. So if you think, okay, it's a really simple email, it's not something that's very complex, but it's going to 100 people. Well, if I don't invest that extra 10 minutes to really make sure I've nailed my message, there's 100 people that have got to spend five minutes mm. trying to work out what I'm trying to say and then possibly taking a very unhelpful action as well, you know, doing the wrong thing as a result. So then you've got, mm. you know, 50 fires to fight. So, you know, the, the productivity right. impact is something to really think about when we are, you know, deciding how much to invest in a piece of communication. And then, of course, there's impact. If it's something hugely impactful and important and it's only going to three people, well, you know, you've got to sweat it for the same sorts of reasons. The impact mm. is, is the key thing. Yeah, so you're doing the hard work, right, and not forcing them to do the hard work. Especially exactly. when it's scale. Because you're the one trying to influence, so you, it needs to be on you, right? You can't expect them yes. to be in your corner figuring Correct. out what you're saying. Correct. Often we see that role reversal, right? I mean, a lot of executives, one of the things I help them realize is where there's role reversal going on in their organizations, where they're actually like the one having to do the problem solving with their report because their report is like not communicating clearly about what they want or what they need. And the exec is spending all their time going, so what exactly do you need? What's the approval here? What's, you know, and, and they're, they're doing all the hard work. It's role reversal, right? They should be the it one is. sitting there. I mean, I, I exaggerate, but they should be sitting there on their golden throne, you know, expecting the, you know, the, the, you know, <laughs> the kind of the, the person to, you know, to come in, you know, with everything prepared so that they can 
dispense their wisdom. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm exaggerating, but oh, so they can, but to... so they can add value, yeah. you know, so they can add value. And you know, when I hear senior people um, taking home 500 pages at a weekend every weekend to rework. I just think, you know, role reversal is exactly the thing that's going on. They're not, mm. they're not skimming it to say, yes, great idea, go ahead. Mm. They're rewriting them. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's a tragedy. It, it really shouldn't be like that. So, sure. um, you know, that's, that's, it's, a, it's a very material challenge, I think. And, you know, it's also time that those senior people are not spending on adding substantial value in their role. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's the wrong way around, isn't it? It's a role reversal to, you put it beautifully. Mm. And, and so, so let's just see where we are in this. So we've, we've had these mm. three communication traps about mm-hmm. showing the journey, the parade of knowledge, the stream of consciousness. Now we've been getting onto this whole idea of our brains, um, uh, about making sure that we're doing the hard work. And not, uh, rather, and not and the not audience. The yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, if things are critical, it, it, it's helpful to understand what people actually do, particularly senior people. And um, I think it's important to understand that they prioritise their reading very carefully. They, they do manage their time very, very carefully because they've all got far too much to do. Mm. So when you're um, submitting a piece of communication to someone who's busy, and we all are, honestly, no matter how senior we are, do, do realize that they're going to prioritize it. And so make it easy to skim. Okay, make your communication easy to skim so that they can flip through and see where they should dive in and spend more time. So that I think that that helps you if you, you know, in, in terms of the way you um, prioritize the messaging within your communication, but it helps your audience enormously. So be very aware that they're going to prioritize and zero in on the big, big ticket things and really highlight them visually as well as just in terms of, you know, having them present. But if you're thinking about, well, okay, so we're going to, going to accept that we perhaps don't want to do that role reversal, play that role reversal game. We want to make sure that we're um, doing our job, we're, we're investing our own calories, burning our own calories to get the stories clear, the communication clear. Well, yeah. What's one thing we can do about that? And um, I think it's to think about that single message. If they only took away one sentence from, you mm. know, even if it's a large paper, if they took away one sentence, then, you know, that's gold. Make sure that that's really mm. near the top of your communication and, you know, make it very, very easy for them to find visually. If it's not the first thing, then very soon after with some white space around it. Mm. And, um, you know, if you, if you struggle to work out what that message is, just imagine yourself bumping into your audience in the hallway mm. and say, well, if there's only one thing that I told them and I got it in a sentence, what would that be? Yeah. And see if you can have that right near the front of your communication. I think um, that will make, you know, quite a big difference. Yeah, the other one is, I call it the, the panic button. It's the same kind of thing, which is literally imagine you're in the presentation and they suddenly go, oh, you know, we've got it, like there's a fire alarm or like actually we've had to reschedule the meeting and you've only got one minute now. What do you want to say? Yes. You just need to know if you're going to blurt it out, the one thing you need to say, what is it? Yes, exactly, exactly. So, you know, that's that's the thing to focus on and, and try really not to send your email or send your paper um, out until you're really clear on what that is. Mm. And um, I think that would be my number one tip for today. I've got some more in our coming episodes, but um, yeah. that's the number one thing that I think I'd love people to think about, you know, after listening to this this session. 
That's great, isn't it? I mean, every news, every um, you know, every newsletter, um, every newspaper article, you know, has a big headline. You know, very simple, one thing, right? It's it's uh, it's five words or whatever, right? It's 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 very simple, and that's what draws you in. So I think it that's does. a great point. No, it does draw you in, and um, it's deceptively simple, though, because I think sometimes it can be quite challenging to work out what that that single point is. And so, I think um, sometimes when people ask you to keep it short, they're underestimating that challenge, mm. which is part of what I'm you know, hoping to provide some ideas to help help mm. with in in the coming episodes. So, um, yeah, so, so but, yeah. So, what's next time? So, what are we going to mm. deal with in episode two of this season? Next time, I'd love to talk about how to go from um, how to communicate insight rather than just information. I think there's mm. a lot of communication provides a lot of very helpful data or information, if you like, mm. but it doesn't always crystallize it into something that's very useful for the audience. So I'd like to share with people um, a hierarchy, actually, of, of ideas so that they can have a sense of where they land. You know, is their communication um, focusing particularly on information or is it? delivering insight and and how do they know what's different between those two things great information or insight i love that so that look forward to that conversation in in um, the next episode well thanks dav it's been good to um to get a little bit of uh, of your wisdom uh, from your world of you know powerful communication so thanks for that and look forward to continuing the conversation in the next episode thanks richard i'm looking forward to it as well okay bye, bye, bye now, now. bye bye if you've been enjoying this series, you may like some more ideas that will help you communicate with impact, especially if you're dealing with complex material. My free course, How to Communicate with Impact, does just that. In this course, I cover four areas. How to get faster, more useful responses to your communication. Secondly, how your audiences really read your communication. Thirdly, how to communicate the right amount of detail. And finally, how to communicate powerful insights that cut through. So you can access this course by using this link, www.clarityfirstprogram.com forward slash impact dash podcast. I hope you find this useful and look forward to bringing more ideas to you through our upcoming podcasts. Thanks so much and bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.